Welcome to Talkin' Truth with comedian Dan Whitney, aka Larry the Cable Guy, and Pastor Brian Clark. Today, Dan's wife, author Kara Whitney, joins them. I'm gonna give all my toilet paper away. Can anyone really go all in on that? Is this a one-ply, two-ply, what-ply? This is a two-ply deal. Oh, wow. It's a two-ply? Mm-hmm. Well, see, you've changed the story. They'll be talking truth about the Bible and life and having a little fun. Get her done. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talking Truth. This is our third episode in Unwavering Faith. This one's called When Fear Comes Home. This is Dan Whitney, Larry the Cable Guy, along with my buddy Brian, Brian Clark. Uh, We have him to set us straight because he's the one that knows uh, way more than I do and way more than my wife, even though we are learning. Kara is my wife. She's with us on this. Hello. This is her last one. It's a sad day. We've got balloons, got a cake. This is the end of the line for my wife. She's done three. She says about three episodes with Brian's all she can take. <laughs> now, I probably shouldn't have said that. Mm-hmm. She said that in the car on the way over. My wife says that, too. <laughs> I think she was talking to Patty, your wife. All right. So anyway, hey, let's get rolling. Thanks for joining us. And if you ever want to leave a comment or a question or anything, just go to TalkingTruth.com. Send us a message. All right. Let's get into it. Here's Brian. So when we talk about faith, it may seem like some abstract spiritual thing that has no real application to the more practical things in life. But the truth is, our faith impacts almost everything we do in life. Take relationships, for example. Would you say, as a rule, you pursue relationships to give or to get? Now, we know the right answer. That's not really what I'm asking. I'm asking why you really pursue others. Now, don't dismiss this too quickly. We all need to be loved and to feel accepted and significant. So isn't it true we often pursue relationships to meet those needs? So then, aren't we looking to get? But for the Christian, God has promised to meet those needs. He offers us love and acceptance and significance. But do we believe Him? If we have faith to trust Him, we can pursue relationships to give, because God has met our core needs. If we doubt, then we fear. We pursue relationships to get because we don't trust God to meet our needs. We become needy and insecure. Whether we live by faith or by fear will determine how healthy our relationships are. This is what our story from Genesis 27 is about. Isaac, Rebekah, Esau, and Jacob, they all operated out of fear rather than faith, resulting in a highly dysfunctional family. As a matter of fact, after this story, they will never function as a family again. Isaac is nearing death. He called in his oldest son, Esau, to receive his blessing. He asked his son to go out and get some wild game and prepare it for him so he can eat it and bless him. If you remember, God said Jacob is supposed to get the blessing, but Isaac is determined to bless Esau, his oldest son. Isaac's wife, Rebekah, overheard the plan and told Jacob to get two goats and she'd prepare a meal so that he could go to his father pretending to be Esau to get the blessing. By now, Isaac was all but blind, which made deceiving him easier. 
They managed to fool Isaac into blessing Jacob, thinking it was Esau. When Esau returned with food for his dad, he realized Jacob had deceived his father and stole the blessing. He was so angry over what Jacob had done to him, he vowed to kill Jacob as soon as his father died. To protect Jacob, his mom had to send Jacob away to some relatives until Esau cooled off. Wow, what a mess. As far as we know, Rebekah never saw Jacob again after this day, and the family was never a family again. What would cause these people to act this way? Well, in a word, fear. Esau believed if he didn't look out for himself, nobody would. He feared he wouldn't get what he wanted, so his fear caused him to use everyone around him. Rebekah and Jacob feared God wouldn't keep his promise to Jacob, so they deceived Isaac to steal the blessing. Why couldn't they just trust God? Isaac knew that God said that Jacob would be the son through whom the promise would flow. But in his mind, that's not how it works. The blessing was supposed to go to the oldest son, so he tried to go around God and give the blessing to Esau. I'd suggest that Rebekah knew Isaac was likely to try something like this, which is why she was ready with a plan to deceive her husband. Isaac had a habit of not trusting God, but God didn't need Rebekah's help. She just needed to trust him. In the end, they all struggled to trust God. They all acted out of fear. They all wanted their own way and were determined to use others to get what they wanted. The result is none of them got what they wanted. They all ended up losers. When we fear, we get selfish. We make bad decisions. We tend to use others to get what we want to meet our own needs. We fear because we don't trust God. God had the situation under control. They didn't need to act that way but their fear was greater than their faith. So what about us? When we truly trust God to meet our needs and take care of us, there's no need to use others, but that requires faith. So I'd invite you to take a good, hard look at your relationships. How are they going? Are you honestly seeking to give or to get? It will take great faith to think of others as more important than yourself. It will take great faith to give rather than get. It will take great faith to love your neighbor as yourself. Healthy relationships require faith. We must trust God to meet our core needs. Fear is the great enemy of faith. So which will it be for you? Is it fear or faith? Let's bring in Dan and Kara. Let's talk about this. Kara, you want to start it off? Well... You always have some good, thoughtful comments. Why couldn't they just trust God? So interesting because God got what he wanted in the first place, in the end. But then there's all this damaged relationships. They knew, though, that was supposed to be what the outcome was. Why couldn't they just say, well, God got what he wanted, and then it's that. But everyone's all mad at each other. It's just I have a million things running through my head because— God got what he wanted anyway. Yeah, at the end of the day, God was going to pass the seed through Jacob and yeah. through his family, but he didn't want this mess. 
And so because of their fear, they're all trying to manipulate and control the environment. And really the cost is they'll never be a family again. Yeah, like you said, there's so much deception and manipulation. And God's will be done anyway, but they're all messed up. But why? It's that human nature of not having absolute faith. It's like how many people in the Bible do we see where God still fulfills his purpose— they repent of their sin, they come back to him, they understand what they did wrong, but they have to live with the consequences of their families are complete. Like David, it's completely messed up. Yeah. No, my, I mean, my brain is just reeling because I know the answer to the question okay. because my my parents are both divorced. There was some decisions made. It's a mess. And so I'm looking at this family and my family will never be the same. My Kids don't have a normal grandparent situation. We don't have Christmases together on, you know, that side of the family. There's just all that is gone. And that's not how I grew up. So I guess I know the answer to what I'm saying. But, man, if they could have just trusted God. Think, think about the toilet paper issue with the COVID yeah. season. So it's completely irrational. But as soon as people start to panic— and we're going to run out. Well, I better get mine. The whole thing just gets out of control for no reason. Right. It's completely irrational. Yeah, it so is a, irrational. So yeah. it's a very similar dynamic where Rebecca thinks Isaac's going to pull a fast one, and Esau's going to be blessed, and if I don't step in, then God's purpose is not going to be accomplished. And instead of just sitting back, and trusting God will work this out. And they're trying to control and manipulate in one response to the other, which is responding to the other. And it, it just has that same kind of feel to it is before you know it, it's completely irrational and there's, there's a mess. And I think it's a message just to, for the future generations that are coming through and read the Bible. This is something that God used as an example to us. I mean, a lot of that was just because of jealousy. You know, and what's the Bible tell us about jealousy? I mean, it can ruin everything. But again, Rebecca was working on behalf of God, correct? Well, we know that Jacob was a mama's boy. Right, her, her favorite. Her favorite. Okay. And this is where the blessing was supposed to go, and she's going to make sure she's a mama bear. Okay. And going to make sure this is going to happen. And Isaac is the dad. So she's not necessarily working for God. Well, it's mostly out of God her own. God didn't need that kind of help. Correct. I, her motives may have been been right. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. But her way of doing it was certain to blow up the family. She's deceiving her husband. Isaac, you know, as the head of the family, could have saved a lot of heartache if he had just trusted God right. and done the right thing. But he was determined that, this is the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. So then his, I think his wife's reacting to that. And like I said, I think she expected something like this. So she already had plan B ready and immediately executes it. And, and then it's just a mess. How, how can you be a family well, full of deception? Like, like I that? said, it's personal for me. I know what that feels yeah. like. You know, there's no repair there. You're yeah. never going to get back yeah. what you lost. So even in a marriage, somebody does something, mm -hmm. so then you react to that, and then your spouse reacts to that, and then the kids react to that, and pretty soon the, the level of dysfunction's 
pretty high. Yeah. And it, it's hard to put the ketchup back in the bottle. It, I think you don't. You just have to reconcile where yeah. things are and try to yeah. repair the, the relationships individually. Yeah. There's yeah. never going to be a cohesive unit again. Yeah, it, the damage is there. Which there probably never was, and we see that because of, because of the fear. Yeah. Right? I think it starts at the top. Isaac, I think he's portrayed as a fearful person who struggles to trust God, and I think that filters down to the family, and and the consequences are, are pretty devastating. So how would you answer the question of how does fear impact our relationship? So, you know, can you ever really love your neighbor as yourself if your life is controlled by fear? I don't think you can. I think it's understanding who we are in Christ and that my life isn't defined by a performance-based value system, but defined by my relationship with God on the basis of grace through faith. So because I didn't earn or deserve it, every day it's steadfast. My standing before God doesn't go up and down and up and down and up and down because it's not based on my performance. It's based on grace. So every day I stand right before God. I stand in the righteousness of Christ. I'm safe. I'm secure. I'm significant in my relationship with God. Therefore, because that's true, I can risk loving my neighbors myself, and I can choose to think of others as more important than myself because my self-esteem, my significance, my value is not at risk going up and down every day. Would that 100% be the toilet paper analogy? I'm going to give all my toilet paper away, and I'm going to trust that I'm going to go to the store and there's going to be some on the shelf. Can anyone really go all in on that? Uh, I, is this a, a one-ply, two-ply, what ply? This is a two-ply deal. Oh, wow. It's a two-ply? Mm-hmm. Well, see, so you've changed the story. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying. Can you go all in? How about our, wet wipes? Our part, God's wet part. Wipes. Easy now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're back to the our part, God's part. So is it prudent to go and get a reasonable amount of toilet paper for my house without getting caught up in what was happening? So I don't sit, sit at home and wait till there's no toilet paper and then expect some to miraculously appear on the shelf. But I don't get caught up in the frenzy. I'm just okay. going to go buy some, and if my neighbor needs some, I'm going to share with him. It's that, it's that kind of a deal. It's so, not giving all your food away, expecting yeah, this then, to show up. Yeah, then you're up. kind of presuming on God to pull off a miracle. That's really different than if God has promised something, then I'm going to trust that God's going to keep his promise. Right. And going to seek to do the right thing. So each one of these characters in this story— could have easily defined what's the right thing to do, but they got caught up in the manipulation and the fear right? and are reacting to everything. There's a difference between fear and concern, right? Sure. There's a legitimate concern for things that can harm you or things that need to be addressed or changed, but that doesn't mean I live in fear Okay. Where that's controlling my life and my decisions, where it becomes irrational or... Yeah, or, where you're willing to completely break your whole family up because you're afraid that God's not going to come through with what he promised. Yeah. Well, the good thing about the Bible and what we've been doing here, like when we talked about the Proverbs, the Bible lays everything out, how you should live. It's a blueprint for life. And it's got all these people that went and did the wrong thing, and it serves an example to us that 
you're not the only one this has happened to. Yeah. So it seems like— But I feel like you do the wrong thing less you, when you, you're in the Word. You do the wrong thing less when you stay in the Word and stay focused and listen to what God's telling you, and you try to live and be as much like Jesus as you possibly can, like we talked earlier— then you start making a little bit better decisions, and you can avoid a lot of these hassles. You're not going to avoid all of them. Obviously, there's sin out there, and you're not going to avoid all of these things. But it helps you maneuver through life a lot better when you stay engaged. you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I try to live my life in agreement with God, and I certainly know when I'm not in agreement with God, where in the past it didn't change anything. I didn't feel any different. But now, if I'm in disagreement with what God has for me, I feel it in my heart, my Absolutely. bones. Absolutely. Same here. And I don't like it. So going back to your question, we yeah. kind of got off track with the toilet paper thing a little bit. And I, I think there was probably enough toilet paper with Isaac and Rebecca and Jacob and Esau. But that, that's a whole different discussion. But I think it was leaves back then. I think the point leaves. would be when Rebecca realized— that her husband Isaac was going to be disobedient to God and bless Esau. Okay. She should have trusted God to work it out. Right. Instead of trying to deceive her husband to manipulate the blessing in order to, in her mind, accomplish God's purpose. I think that's where it continued to derail. And then Jacob, of course, is complicit with that. So there's a lot of jealousy involved, a lot of selfishness. But it all comes down to there's a fear that seems to define Isaac, which seems to define his marriage. I mean, think about it. One time, Isaac put his wife, Rebecca, at great risk because he lied about the fact that she's his wife. And without God stepping in, I mean, who knows what could have happened to her? So there's history here, and all that just kind of comes to flourish in this moment where the lies and the deceit and the manipulation destroys the family. Right. When it comes to Scripture, too, I, I like to know the the where, what, when, and why, who who's involved, what's going on. But also, too, I try not to put my own thoughts into it because I want to take what God wants me to know from it. So the fear part is what I'm hearing and why they just couldn't trust God. I mean, that's just such a good question. It's a good question for ourselves. Well, why did I do that? Why didn't I just trust God in it? That's a lot. In order to get rid of fear, though, Brian, we have to replace it with faith. How do we do that? Yeah, so that's, again, that's time in the Word. It's mm-hmm. time. It's There's time no in, substitute for Yeah, that. it's time in the Word. I mean, to get, we said that before, the only way to get more faith, it was like the cell phone thing that I said yesterday that you love, by the way, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you spend just as if you spend just think how much time you spend on that. If you spend that in the word, your faith will continue to grow. And the more your faith grows, the more fear dissipates, and the more toilet paper is left for others, and you don't hoard it. I think that's the moral to this whole thing. Glad we could be of assistance. <laughs> Stay in the word, grow the faith, lessen the fear. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Talk in Truth with Dan Whitney and Brian Clark. Next week's guest is Pastor Nat Crawford from Win the Day. Talk in Truth is powered by Go Tandem, the free spiritual fitness app. Download Go Tandem today and get spiritually fit.